Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. Let's create your dream life while living your dream life. Okay, love? Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deep dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read live on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching, or you can get it delivered straight to your inbox each week when you sign up for my email list. You can do that at my website, wholehearted-coaching.com, or you can head to the show notes. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is that feeling you get, that voice you hear when you find yourself in a space or place and you feel like you don't belong there. And oftentimes it's in spaces and places where we have worked really hard in order to be. And there's that little voice or that feeling that's like, uh, you know what? Maybe this place isn't meant for you because like you are not smart enough. You're not qualified enough. You're not perfect enough to be in this space. A lot of the times when I talk about the imposter syndrome, I call it the not enoughs. It's that part of you that makes you believe that you are not enough, right? That you need one more qualification, one more certification, maybe five or 10 more pounds away from being acceptable, accepted, or worthy, right? And this is also known as the imposter syndrome, that you are an imposter, that you have fooled everyone and found yourself in this space and place. So before we get into this week's Mindset Monday, I want to share with you one of my imposter syndrome stories. So in 2016, I got the call of a lifetime, the call I'd been dreaming of since I was a little girl. Uh, I've talked about this before, but uh, for 10 plus years, I was an opera singer and my childhood dream was to one day sing at the Metropolitan Opera. And so in 2016, I got that call from my agent um, who said, Sharin, the Metropolitan Opera wants you to sing in Carmen next season. Now, that call was life-changing for me. Um, one, I got to sing at the Met, which was amazing, but it also kind of threw me into the trajectory of finding my second career, which was coaching. Uh, you can hear about that story if you uh, listen to my earlier episodes, um, but that call made me realize that we can get the most perfect things. We can get the things that we truly desire and we can still feel empty and we can still feel unfulfilled. Um, and that's why I started working with a coach because I realized that no goal or achievement would ever make me feel the way I wanted to feel. That job was on me, right? So that call really shifted and changed my life for the better in so many ways. Now, fast forward to a year later, this is 2017, and I went to my first rehearsal at the Metropolitan Opera. So that's kind of, um, you know, commonplace in the opera world where you have a lot of time to prepare for the role. And I had a year. And so I'll never forget like showing up 
to the Met like it was the first day of school. You know, like I had the cutest outfit on, my hair was all done. I walked in the backstage door, this like hollowed ground for me, you know, this place that really for me was like temple, a sacred place of music. And this place where all these legends, people I'd looked up to, had performed at. And here I am, little old me, <laughs> walking in, uh, ready for my first day of rehearsal. I had worked really hard for this job uh, before the audition and leading up to this opportunity. And I was really ready. I really, really was. And I started to walk through these halls, really the gravity of the moment hitting me thinking of all of the legends, people I'd listened to, you know, singing on recordings, like albums, since I was a young girl, and just thinking, oh my God, here I am in their midst, right? And while I was excited, I was totally nervous, and I got to the rehearsal, got to the rehearsal room, and I sat down. And I was surrounded by my colleagues, you know, the other singers who had been, um, you know, hired to, to perform alongside me, sitting across from the conductor and the stage manager and the director. And that's when the voice appeared. And it said in the most unkind and judgmental tone, you're not a Met singer. And... I had that moment in the pit of my stomach of like, oh my God, what the f are you doing here in this hallowed ground with these people? And then in a split second, I replied back to that voice. And I said, actually, I am a Met singer because I'm at the Met singing. So that makes me a Met singer. <laughs> in that year, from that phone call to when I showed up at the Met, I had done so much work on my mindset. I had done so much mindfulness work so that when that voice of the imposter syndrome, of self-doubt, of the not enoughs, right? You're not good enough to be here. When it showed up, because I knew it would show up, I knew how to navigate that moment because the truth was, I was there. I was hired to do this. I had worked hard for this job. They had hired me. And I had this idea that a Met singer was like this perfect singer, this wholly confident singer. And you know what? I guess they're not because I'm, I'm a Met singer. I was a Met singer and I was not perfect and I was not wholly confident. So I guess Met singers aren't that perfect. And to me, this was a really pivotal moment in my life because I, I realized that, you know, no matter how much success you have, that voice of self-doubt never goes away, right? If you're a dreamer, if you're constantly dreaming up new things, different things, if you're constantly leveling up, that voice that's like, do you belong here? Is this your space? What, what the heck are you doing here? Who do you think you are? is always going to be present, right? But we can learn through doing the work, 
right? How to not let it, you know, navigate the entire journey, right? Not be in the driver's seat. You know, I, I always say it's like, let's take the fear and take it out of the driver's seat maybe put it in the passenger's, you know, seat, then put it in the back of the car. And then finally, let's just put that voice in the trunk of the car where you kind of hear it murmuring, but it's like, (laughs) it's really not part of the journey, right? So I really want to talk today about this voice, this imposter syndrome or the not enoughs or self-doubt, whatever you want to call it that will always be present every time we challenge ourselves. So something I've been doing with clients is getting them to get really clear on what the symptoms of some of their, um, what I call hustling for worth mechanisms are. Okay, let me break that down. So I believe that there are many, many ways that we hustle for our worth. Hustling for your worth means that part of you that believes you need to work for, prove your worth, that you're not inherently worthy as you are, and you need to work for it. So some examples of how we hustle for our work, uh, hustle for our worth include overachieving, right? Perfectionism. And of course, this one, which is the not enoughs, right? Imposter syndrome, right? You got to work just a little bit harder to belong in this space. Now, a lot of the time we don't know that those parts of us are being activated because they're just such a, like a neutral for us, right? If you've been a perfectionist forever, you don't realize when you're falling into perfectionism, it just seems so natural to you to do, right? Same thing with overachieving, same thing with imposter syndrome. So what I've been getting my clients to do is to get clear on what the symptoms are. So when they get clear when they realize there's a symptom, they're like, oh, this is my imposter syndrome being triggered and activated, right? This means that my imposter syndrome is in the driver's seat. It's almost like, you know, we all know what our symptoms are right before we're going to get a cold, right? You know, for me, it's, I get this little tickle in my throat and that's when I know I should take a whole lot of vitamin C and go to bed. Right. So this is the exact same thing, because while we can never get rid of a voice like the imposter syndrome, we can never get fully rid of our tendency to want to be a perfectionist. Right. We can get ahead of it. Right. We can allow we can get ahead of the uh, burnout that often follows things like this. We can get ahead of the way it makes us feel and act. So today's Mindset Monday is the symptoms of the imposter syndrome. So the symptoms of imposter syndrome may include feelings of inadequacy, constant comparison to other people, self-doubt, not following your intuition, glossing over capabilities and achievements, negative self-talk, and dwelling on the past. Do those sound familiar, right? The feelings of inadequacy that I don't belong here, that I haven't done enough, comparing yourself to everyone around you, right? Everyone else here has done so much more. They know what they're doing. I have no idea. Self-doubt, right? 
really doubting your abilities and how much work you've put into this, not following your intuition, right? Not going with your gut, talking yourself out of what you know is best for you, glossing over your capabilities and achievements, right? Like, oh, me? I don't belong at the Met. I haven't done anything to deserve to be here, please. Girl, you've done a lot. Negative self-talk, we all know that one really well. And dwelling on the past, right? All the things you've done wrong, right? All the things you could have done better. So when we think of imposter syndrome, we have to know that imposter syndrome is one of the ways that ego manifests itself, that fear-based side of our being. And when it comes to imposter syndrome and ego, there's two things we really have to understand. One, which we touched on a little bit, is that ego believes you need to work for your worth. So ego always thinks there's something lacking in you, something that needs to be fixed. And it will constantly have you looking for that thing that is missing right? That's why when we fall into that constant cycle of, you know, overdoing and overcompensating and proving, right? That is ego trying to fill that gap that it feels that you have in your worth. It doesn't see you as inherently worthy. It believes you need to work for your worth, right? And the second thing when it comes to ego and imposter syndrome is that ego can't make sense of your worth without comparison. In A Course in Miracles, it's stated, it's said that ego literally lives by comparisons. Because ego's primary measuring stick is comparison. It can't make sense of the world, of who you are, without comparing you to you know, those around you, to your past self, to this idea of who you should be. And if you keep following ego's guidance, you're always gonna fall short, right? Because it's always gonna convince you that there's a place you should be. And we all know this place is fictional and imaginary, right? We have the accolades, we have the degrees, we have lost the weight, we have done all the things, and still, that voice has still been there on the other side, right? So we know this place is imaginary. But of course, ego is loud and it is persistent, right? And if we really listen to it, it will really make us believe that we do not belong in places that we truly deserve to be. And as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we can never get rid of something like self-doubt. It's going to be part of the journey, but we can choose to not listen to it, right? We can build up our resilience toward it. We can have what I call a resilience plan when it comes to something like the not enoughs. And so in today's Mindset Monday post, I also have a remedy for imposter syndrome. Now, the remedy is a affirmation. And it's an affirmation that I believe should be said with a hand on your heart. So if you want to repeat after me, you can. 
So put a hand on your heart, love. And here is your imposter syndrome affirmation. I see the fear and I accept that I am scared. But I deserve to be here. My worth is not up for question, not by myself or others. My worth is inherent. My gifts are infinite. This is exactly where I am meant to be. So once again, that is, I see the fear and I accept that I am scared, but I deserve to be here. My worth is not up for question, not by myself or others. My worth is inherent. My gifts are infinite. This is exactly where I am meant to be. This is an affirmation that I've created um, with a structure that I use often. It's what I call an acceptance affirmation. An acceptance affirmation does not deny how hard this moment is, right? It does not deny or try to ignore the real fear that you may be fear facing right now, right? That you are scared. An acceptance affirmation accepts where you're at right now and allows you to expand into another truth, right? A truth is that you are scared, but the truth also is that you are inherently worthy, right? And I feel like acceptance affirmations are a lot more easy to embrace. And in these moments where the imposter syndrome is present, we cannot ignore it. We cannot say, I'm not scared. I, I'm totally fine. No, we have to accept that we are scared, but that we will do the thing despite the fear, right? Despite the fear, love. Despite the fact that there is a voice inside you that says, maybe you're not supposed to be here. And you say, actually, yes, I am supposed to be here because I am here. When the imposter syndrome shows up, when fear shows up, it is a sign that we are doing new things, that we're growing. And if we wanna create a life that is new, that is different, that means that we're going to be addressing a lot of fear, facing a lot of fear, and so know that in these moments when the imposter syndrome, when fear, when those voices of doubt show up, that it's a sign you're doing something new to create that new life that you desire. So until next week, love, I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this week's episode, please share it with a friend, comment, and rate this podcast. Until next week, see you later, love.